the optimal life. So I'm on your website, lifepurposeshaman.com. Yes. And there's a quote on here that says, through my 30 plus years of healing during this lifetime, I have discovered that those who fail in receiving healing are those who lack belief in the healing itself. Elaborate on that for us. So a lot of people don't have faith in themselves. So if they create a negative manifestation that they're going to continue failing, not succeeding, whether it's business, whether it's medically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, or even in the subjects of love, they're going to fail only due to the manifestation and the focus of their energy is failure. We forget that in order for us to succeed, in order for us to accomplish what we're here to do, we must have faith in ourselves and believe in the prosperity and success that's coming forward. So if we don't have that belief system in place, what you're suggesting is there's absolutely no way that you can get to true healing until you at least put those belief systems first and foremost. Absolutely. And how do you get there? How how do you get there, Shaman? (laughs) How you get there is very, (laughs) it's a long subject, but in short. You don't have a a short one-liner for that? Come on. I don't. I I wish I did. It would be really easy. Um, In order for us to get there, we must allow ourselves to have self-love and self-worth. That's the best, easiest answer. I can truly, like, this is a fact that'll help. You need to love yourself. Love yourself. It starts I mean, from it starts from answer. within. It starts from it within. starts from within. Mm. And a lot of people, when they go through the healing process, they start from outside. I never go from the outside. I start from the center and then work my way out. Well, isn't that what most people struggle with? People that yes. are in a bad place, they think that the externalities, all these things on the outside, are going to be the thing that ultimately finally brings them the peace and happiness. And that's not. The answer at all. Yeah. So you've talked about the 30 plus years of having to heal. And I believe a lot of that goes back and stems from your childhood, particularly your the relationship with your mother. Yes, but, thank you. <laughs> yes. Talk Great to stuff. us a little bit about your mom. Who is your mom? Who what is your mom still living? My mom's still living. My okay. father's passed away. God bless. So me. how how would you describe your childhood, your relationship with your mom, etc.? Um have you ever watched the movie Mommy Dearest? I have not. Okay. Well, it was a very abusive relationship where no matter what we did and no matter what I did because of my gifts and because of my relationship with God and because I've always had a very strong intuitive side, she was very abusive where she tried beating it out of me. So the more she could beat me, the more I'd be healed and cleansed. And I'd forget the gifts that I had because, you know, obviously she beat it out of me. Um, it when was did the beating of- begin, uh, Tammy? Oh, my gosh. Since I was a child. I mean, I remember 100% when I was four or five years old and I saw a vision of my cousin who passed away from a car accident. And I told her I seen him. And here comes the belt. And, you know. Why did she? Why did she? Why did she feel the urge to hit you with the belt because you saw something in your in your mind? My family is extremely religious. So I was considered like an antichrist, like ungodly being because only the Pope or someone that's in a high position can see people like that. So she believed 
in her whole heart and soul, she really, truly believed that I was ungodly. So you would tell her, hey, I'm seeing this vision at four or five years old. And then the belt, you started getting whipped with the belt. So the the earliest. Whatever she can get. Whatever she could put her hands on. Exactly. So and does and that so that does that start happening regularly? Like how how are you how are you ever able to even then feel confident even saying a word, even saying hello, when you know that when you open your mouth, there's a chance of a beating. You know, and that's what's weird about me. I think I have this part of me that's disconnected in my brain where I just didn't have that sensor of shutting up. And even though, you know, I have siblings. They learned very quickly not to speak, but I never had that where I just had an issue with constantly being able to say what was on my mind. And that's what got me in trouble all the time. And I didn't, Mm. I never understood why I got in trouble for speaking the truth because we were taught and it was almost um, like, you know, like you were living in a hypocrite situation, speak the truth, say what's on your mind and be truthful. So I would say it and then I would get beat for it. So I never understood. I was like, okay, I'm speaking the truth and saying what I need to say. So how am I getting in trouble? Yeah, wow. it's very naive. I mean, that is so intense to be yeah, was, introduced to that scary. kind of lifestyle at such a young age. It was, yeah. It's, it's, I, I can't even fathom. So what would that look like? You, you would, you would have that episode, we'll yeah. call it. You would yeah. be, you would be abused. And yeah. then would you be crying? Would you go to your room? What, what typically would happen thereafter? I would be unfortunately locked in my room as I wasn't wanting to go to my room, but I'd be locked in my room until I learned to behave. And then once I behaved, because my family was connected. So there was usually quite a lot of people at our home or visitors or friends or family. Did visitors and friends and family see the abuse? Yes, of course. They did. Yeah, it was. And they never, nobody ever stepped in. They, They thought it was okay. Well, I mean, they didn't see me getting whipped with a belt or, you know, hit with the hanger, but they would see that I was crying or fearful or stressed. So my grandmother would be like, you know, come here, baby, you know, what's wrong? Or be like, oh, my mother's mad at me again for being truthful. I never said specific details, but yeah. How did that environment translate? How did that manifest as you started getting a little bit older into your teenage years? The gift that my mother gave me even though she was very, very, very abusive. And I forgive her only because I know it was out of ignorance and lack of not understanding is she's the one who connected me with my teachers. So if it wasn't for them financially supporting me to give me to the people that opened my whole eyes and made me who I am today, I wouldn't be who I am. I'd probably be a nun sitting in a corner locked in a Carmelite, you know, convent which is what I dreamed of. You know, that was my passion. I'm going to sit and be a nun and shut up and pray all day. But did you ever have, were you acting out? Were you rebelling as a child as you started getting older? No. You never did? No. Um, My focus was I wanted to be disconnected from mankind, Hmm. live in a quiet place where I can just live in prayer because of the visions and the things that I saw. So I always saw the pain and the suffering in the world and my brothers and sisters were acting out enough. So I didn't need to, I didn't need to join 
because they were already doing so much damage. So I was like, oh, well, you know, they got in trouble for this. You know, my sister got in trouble for stealing the car. My brother got in trouble for whatever. I mean, it was a constant chaos with them. So I just wanted to be in my own little hermit circle. So that was my dream was to be more of a secluded person staying in prayer. That was all I dreamed of. Interesting. And of course, you know, I wanted to have orphanages. So that was another one of my dreams. Did you ever have thoughts of harming your parents or harming your mother? That's a great point. Um, I never did only because, I mean, if you understand me, I always had a very strong vision of connecting with God and angels and dead people. So I knew the consequences. So in my brain, I knew that was a sin. And you have to remember, I was brought up in a very religious family, Jewish and Italian. So I had Catholicism, Judaism being preached to me on a daily basis. So I knew the sin. I knew you couldn't do these dark things. That's not okay. But those dark things were being done to you. Yeah, well, in the Bible, it says you're supposed to punish, you know, your children if they're not obedient. And that was preached to me on a daily basis. So there was justification. Was your mother punished like that growing up? Very much so. Absolutely. Good question. She was very punished. So she took what she learned from her parents or her mother. Absolutely. And she passed it down to you. You know, you you choose to either be. Not her mother. Not her mother? No, it was her father. It was her father. Okay. Yeah. But you choose to either be like your parents or be the complete opposite of your parents, right? You get to choose. You get to choose and people forget that. And I think that's the one thing that made my life so different than my siblings, but also with most people in the world is that I looked at my circumstances and my situation and said, I don't want this. You know, I'm not going to do this to my kids. I'm not going to do this to people and I'm not going to let it destroy me. And at the age 14, that's when I pretty much kind of left my family most of the time living in Yugoslavia, living in Israel, living in different places with spiritual people. And it opened my eyes to see how the world is so different. And there is so much suffering in the world. And even though I was beaten, people's lives are way worse than mine. So I can't sit there and have self-pity. So I got rid of that, that feeling of self-pity and forgave the parents and forgave the circumstances and then sat there and said, well, you know, what can we do to change the world? You were able to forgive that quickly. Literally, the moment you left the house. I, well, I mean, it took months. It wasn't a day, you know, I, it's not like I woke up and said, oh, I forgive them. No, of course not. It took months. I was in, do you know Medjugorje at all? Have you heard of it? Yeah. Okay. I live with the visionaries in Medjugorje and Yugoslavia, Mm -hmm. but well, I think it's called Croatia now. And when I lived there with them, understanding how to pray and understanding how to connect, that's what changed me. I understood suffering. I dealt with people who were disabled. I dealt with people who were abused way worse than I was sexually, emotionally, physically. I'm like, oh, okay, well, thank God I wasn't, you know, molested. I didn't have these circumstances. So I had to look at the benefit, you know, and the positives because Mm -hmm. that's not going to help, you know? So you were able to, you were able to say, since these people have had it worse than me, I'm better off. I guess my situation's not so bad. That's how you justified it. A hundred percent. And is that something that you teach people to when they're struggling with something, when they're holding on to that pain? Yeah. Do you do you point them to other situations that are much more heinous than their own? Absolutely. Because I believe the more we allow ourselves to 
stay hung up on the pain we're dealing with, we're never going to heal. And the person we have to forgive the most, more than our parents, you know, when I look at the situation and I look at my parents and I look at the circumstances, I don't just forgive my parents. I have to forgive myself for allowing it and not being strong enough. But then I look Mm. at, okay, well, I was a little girl. So how could you be wrong? Right? Because you're just a baby. That's a really... That's a really deep, interesting take. You have to forgive yourself because you start getting angry at yourself. How could I allow this to happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where I had to heal myself as well. Like, oh, well, how could I allow her to, you know, beat me like that? Or how could I allow myself to be in those circumstances or be, you know, a teenager and be locked in my room? Like, how could you accept that? And back when I was a child, obviously things were much different than the world today, but still, it's you blame yourself and we're not supposed to blame ourselves because we have to forgive ourselves and say, wait a minute, we're taught as we're taught in the world today, the things that are around us, good, bad, ugly, and we accept it. And we say, well, this is normal, right? We accept the dark behaviors. And then we have to realize, wait a second, we don't have to accept anything. We're here to be who we're supposed to be. We're here to make Miracles happen on a daily basis to have love, to have happiness, to have purpose. And we forget that. If there's a 10-year-old child listening to this show and they're going through the exact same thing, oh, my God, this is me. My mom beats me. My dad beats me. I get the belt. I say things I shouldn't say. What kind of advice would you give that child today? There's always hope. And to look inside yourself and never give up. It's hard. That's so devastating. That's that's so de- and, and and you know you, you're, as we're getting a little emotional here, um, we know that there's so many children suffering today in these exact same situations, and the only and, and they feel trapped. They're ten years old. What can they do? Like you said, yeah. I wish I would have stood up for myself. Yeah, there's there's this. Uh... Sorry, being emotional. Um, There's this little boy. And he's 11 and he's beaten so severely. And his family is so powerful. They are untouchable because they're so powerful. And he has his nose broken since he's nine. He's been in the hospitals. I mean, I can't tell you the circumstances. And mm. it's all ignored, ignored. So that's absolutely horrific. There's always hope. This will not be your life forever. Always. Oh no, always hope. The good news is that his grandmother brings him to me to receive help, and um, we work with him a lot. And then we found out just recently that now he's being molested by his dad because the mom and dad live separately. So his mom's doing the beatings and his father's doing the molesting. It's like really dark. And it's just, it's very heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, have to be strong to do, what I, to do what I do. Wow. Yeah. It's very deep. He's being molested by his own father yeah. and he's being beaten by his own mother. Yeah. And these are very powerful um business recognized people. And and why are these people not being held accountable? 
because I, I mean, they're, you know, oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's nothing. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No worries. It's up fine. Oh, we'll handle it. it. It's just, it's unfortunately one thing I've noticed, which is very sad. It's the um, more middle-class people to that usually are the ones who end up struggling and having more of the complications and have everything taken away from them. Mm. But the people who are extremely poor and don't have as much and the people who are very prosperous and have a lot of power are the ones who do not get reprimanded. And it's very interesting because I, I work with so many different types of people. I work with people in juvenile. I work with people, um, you know, obviously in jail, I work with mentally, um, you know, challenged people. I work with disabled people. I work with so many different type of scenarios, including, you know, physical abuse and mental abuse and sexual abuse. And these people are on all different, you know, lifestyles. Yeah. There, there's noticed. not one size fits all, nothing like no. that. And what I've noticed is there's a family who I know for a fact everyone knows and these children have been and they're in their 30s and 40s now god bless them have been molested abused massively sexually molested and abused um by the parents by god knows you know just so many situations that have not been good and their father received a nobel peace prize for being the most amazing recognized spiritual leader of all times so this is a famous family. Very famous. And you know this, that all these kids have been abused. How do you know this? Because I'm their teacher. Hmm. Yeah. And because of confidentiality, you cannot tell us who it is. Of course, yeah, no. <laughs> but it, it's just, and it, and it, it's, I mean, you have to remember, I'm a minister and a spiritual life coach. So being as a minister and being a person who studied religion and has that background it's like going to your priest, right? You can't say anything, right? Unless it's continuing to happen, you know, God forbid, then you have to say something. And a lot of these kids get locked in and not allowing themselves to be healed because there is the the tie to the finances, the tie to, well, you'll be written out of the trust. Well, you will be destroyed. Well, you'll be cut off. Mm. You know, there's a little- And you'll be humiliated. You'll be publicly shamed and humiliated. Oh, very much so. How how are these uh, these young adults or you know thirty forty they're adults I mean yeah how are these adults uh, th does it manifest for these children differently in each one or do you see something similar across the board similar a little bit where the part that's missing is the self love and self worth part so that's very similar which is why I mentioned it in the beginning of this whole talk that we're having is that. One of the things that I believe that can change a person on a massive level is taking their power back and having self-love and self-worth. Because once you have that, people can't abuse you or hurt you or harm you again. And then you have the open road and the path to success. Mm. Does that make sense? That's so powerful. Yes, it does. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I believe it does. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned how you got away at 14 years old. And uh, looking at doing some research on you, you somehow were able to surround yourself with these deeply spiritual people, the Dalai Thanks Lama, 
thanks so uh, i mean pope Sorry. john paul the, the second mother Teresa. i mean this seems like a fairy tale like this is this true yeah it's true <laughs> unfortunately i didn't know who they were so when i was connected with them because my mother i like i told you they're influential people i grew up in a you know well-to-do family um so i and i didn't know that until i was older obviously i just thought it was normal but when i had this relationship where I was connecting with Pope John Paul and we'd be walking, you know, Vatican City normal. And I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, we're praying. I didn't know who these people were. I'm just like, okay, this is normal. I'm going to learn about religion and spirituality. And being with Mother Teresa, I did not have technology and TV. We were not brought up with those type of things. So I just believed this was normal to be with these kind of people. And the Dalai Lama yeah, there was always crowds around us, but that was with all religious people. That's where my brain was, you know? Mm. And of course, when your mother gives them a bit of money and it's like a big amount, how are they not going to accept you? Right. I didn't realize back then, oh, she's paying them to take me, you know? But now I realize, oh, well, thank you, mom. So when did you come back? You were gone at 14. Did you come back at some point? I came back to the United States off and on, obviously, because, you know, my father required it. Um, but when I stayed back in the United States, I was more like 2021. 20, okay. Yeah. So uh, seven years, essentially, you're gone and you're living oh. your life. You're learning about life now on your own with mentors, other people that you probably became close with Very that started feeling family. like family. Yeah, for sure. So when you come back. Uh, I didn't want to come back, obviously. You didn't want to come back. I'm trying to connect the dots where I know you forgave your mother fairly quickly at 14 when you finally moved away and you saw how atrocious some other people had it. Absolutely. But when you came back, how did the relationship evolve into your young adult life? With my parents or just myself? With your mother. That still is not very there. It's just, uh, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. So you forgave, but the relationship was fractured forever. Uh, she still believes in her beliefs. And you confronted her at some point and said, "You're this, Always, I yeah. I can't even believe a you did this. Years ago. Yeah, even just recently. You, I Mom, can't I believe you, you did I this to you. me. And her response, she doesn't, she's never apologized. No. She's different. I did the world for you. And I said, you did do the world for me. And I love you. And I appreciate everything you've ever done for me. God bless you. But I don't think what you've, you, you don't understand what you did. She goes, I've never done anything wrong. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's very, very in peculiar and intense. <laughs> That's normal. Unfortunately, mm. I hear it all the time. Even when I was dealing with this little boy that I was crying and being emotional about a moment ago, that mom, she came and we had a group meeting one time and she said she's never done anything wrong to her son, to my face, in front of her son. Does she think that what her husband or the ex, whatever she, it is. She's not aware of, I can't tell her about what's going on with the um, the father. They're separated, they're divorced. So it's a different, you know, I don't say, well, you do you know your ex-husband's doing this. That's right. um, up to the little boy. I asked him if he wanted to share. He didn't share. I can't speak for him. And... You know, he has therapists and all sorts of counselors. I'm not just one of them. He has many. I'm just a 
one little part of it. And she's in denial. She's in denial. Mm. She doesn't accept it. She's all, well, he plays polo and I take him to New Zealand and I take him here. I do this. I do this. I said, yeah, well, that's not what he wants. Do you feel that that's what people do? They they justify all the nice things that they're doing for their children um, in exchange for justifying the abuse? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's what, I, it's what I've discovered since my 20s is I've seen that people justify exactly their their sin, um, their abuse, their neglect, um, their lack of emotion, connection, truth, all of the things that's missing in a relationship with humans, with people. They justify it with what I've done for you, money, and keeping them busy. And a lot of the world that we live in today is that, and if you see children's lives, unfortunately, their schedule's sometimes worse than ours, you know? Soccer, this, that, polo, this, you know, constantly keeping them busy on a daily basis so that they're unaware of what they're missing, you know? Wow. But if you ever hear about, you know, oh, were you're, you know, were you guys sitting down to dinner? Oh, no, we don't eat dinner together. You know, it, there's never a moment where it's emotional and connected. And that's what the world's missing today is we're missing the value of the way it used to be, where everything was as a, we're not bonded anymore the way we used to be. Mm. And I get it. You know, not to blame people because we can't do that, but our lives are so busy and so disconnected these days that we don't have time in our brains. We feel like we don't have time to have that bond and to have that special moment emotionally, spiritually, or just a beautiful meal at one moment. And we forget that making a meal together is so emotional and so passionate and so deep that really that does help to make bonds. And we forget that. So I try to help make that little beautiful, simple little suggestion with families. Sure. When I work with them. How do you celebrate Mother's Day these days? Me? Yes. Ah. Um, me, I celebrate Mother's Day by, well, obviously doing charity work and giving things out. But besides that, I celebrate it with my family and my babies and my grandchildren. And have happiness and is it a is it a bittersweet day for you? Oh no. 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 You don't think about your own mother. You think about you yourself as a mother with your children. <laughs> yes. I, I see. I see. I do. I don't think of her. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, do a prayer in the morning and God bless her and I hope she's happy. She lives in Israel. She's not in the US and she's uh, happy. I mean, she's living her life and yeah, living in the synagogues she's good well clearly through all of the trauma and pain you have discovered a, a, a true talent in helping people i mean there, yeah, I there's always a silver lining through all the yeah. chaos and, and you've turned the chaos into something very constructive and, and you're having an impact on so many lives i mean look what we just heard about that young child what'd you say nine or 11 year old that's being he's, he's first had his nose broken at nine and now he's 11 and now he's 11 and it's still happening and it's it feels like your life is coming to an end when you're that age and that there's no out there's no way out and that's where you're coming in you're also helping people tammy in, in so many other areas as well um so i just want to touch on a few of them before we before we wrap it up one thing I found uh, interesting is uh, you, the soulmate connection thing. How how are you connecting two souls? Talk to us about that. 
Oh, that's my favorite. Um, well, actually, my favorite is just like helping people in general. But to me, life has a purpose, right? And our whole reason for being here on this planet is to reach one goal. Well, two goals, but one of them is connecting to your soulmate. And a lot of us don't understand is that having an intimate, passionate, deep relationship is about connecting with someone that makes you feel like you've become whole. And I believe that in the beginning of time when we were first created, that we each have someone who's meant to be with us. That is the complete opposite of ourselves, but at the same exact time, the person who we are magnetically, energetically connected to. And most of us don't allow ourselves to realize that when you're connected with a soulmate, it's not about like a twin flame is more like the sexual intimate, just like, oh, wow, hot and fiery. This is like such a lustful relationship. It's more about the relationship that you feel that feeds your soul and your whole being. And that's what obviously, you know, got me involved with getting married and actually having a soulmate because I wanted to be a nun. So when I understand about soulmates and finally allowed myself to accept a soulmate, I realized, oh my gosh, this is the magic. This is what magic is, is being with someone who understands you unconditionally and loves you with your whole being, not judging because there's a difference with saying with, you know, oh, I love you or I'm in love with you. It's two different subjects. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that because in today's world, as long as we have somebody, who cares? Right? Because I don't want to be alone. So even relationships, unfortunately, accept a lot of negative circumstances. And I believe that helping people to have that everlasting, emotional, spiritual, complete relationship of soulmate is more important than having a false relationship. How so does how does somebody know though? How does somebody truly know? Do you have a checklist? Like how does someone know, hey, this person is really my soulmate? It is a magnetic absolute connection. I don't even know how to describe it in one moment, but I am telling if you ever watch a movie that has those soulmate like emotional where they're just kissing and then there's fireworks that go off, it is truly a hundred percent exactly that. When you magnetically connect with someone who is your soulmate, it is an emotion and a feeling within your frequency that feels like fireworks went off and the leg pops and everything happens like in the movies, not maybe humanly, but energetically. And literally, even for the male or the female, or if it's two men or two women, whatever it may be, whoever's the fast feminine and masculine, it is literally 100% that vibe and there's this woman, God bless her. She's lesbian. And she's like, I'm never going to have my soulmate. I'm never. And she's this like, she just recently, I'm so proud of her. Just recently is now the head coach for a basketball team for NBA, whatever. So I've worked with her for over five, six years. So proud of her. And she's like, I'm never going to find my soulmate. Who cares? You know, I'm in a man's business, men's world, whatever. Like, no, so-and-so we need to keep being positive, whatever, whatever. She connects with her soulmate and she goes, shaman, she goes, I can't believe it's exactly what you said. As soon as I kissed her, this is what happened. And she started talking. I said, I'm telling you, it's magic. When you connect with Mm. your soulmate, it's like magic. And same thing for this other woman um, who was connecting with her soulmate. And 
told her where to go because I see visions and messages and told her, go here, do this, do this. This is where you're going to see your soulmate. This is what I, I see. And I, you know, prophesied this vision and, you know, just things come to me. She went, he came up to her exactly like I told her he was going to come up to her and everything exactly like my vision that I saw. And she said, as soon as she kissed him, she's so funny. I remember her so clearly and she's so happy and so beautiful now. Um, They live in New York now, God bless them. And he gave her a kiss once, you know, obviously they start dating and she said, she felt like these shivers and tingles and like electricity ran through her. And she felt like every part of her fingers and everything was tingling. And I said, that's a soulmate. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, you have to pay attention to it and it just happens. So based on what you're saying, it sounds as if you could identify your soulmate, like the first time you have a intimate moment with them. Yeah. Or even it doesn't have to be a kiss. It could be just a hug. It could just, it's, it's a mag it's a frequency. It's a magnetic it's a frequency, frequency as you call it. A hundred percent. It's not, and it has nothing to do with the checklist. It has nothing to do with looks, money, business, profession, any of that stuff. The one thing that I, the, the one thing that is really important though, that a lot of people don't understand is that a soulmate loves you unconditionally. They don't care your religion, your belief, your, your, politics they don't care about anything they just love you completely which Mm. is i believe the magic of the whole relationship and you help people understand if they really have if this other person is truly their soulmate you're giving them you're asking them questions and you're letting them know hey you found the right one or uh, you might have fallen a little short yeah you like the sex yeah you're into the money you're into the this is not the soulmate not at all yeah 100 percent yeah, there's a lady currently um, who's in a relationship and she told me she's with her soulmate. And I said, well, what's the, you know, how, you know, tell me how he's your soulmate. And she said, well, you know, there are no limits. He'll do whatever I want. He'll give me whatever I want. He just bought me a house. He did this. He did this. He did that. And I said, but I'm talking about emotionally. And she goes, well, I give him what he wants and then he gives me what I want. I said, that's what I'm asking <laughs> she's like he's gonna divorce his wife blah 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 i'm like i don't think that's a twin flame she goes but whenever we're together intimately it's like magic and i'm like whenever you're together intimately do you feel it in your heart and she goes no but i whatever she's talking about the sex and i'm like that's not a soulmate Mm. she just told me he just bought you a house here you have a condo here plus he's leaving you this as an income Right. Like, oh, that sounds like <laughs> yeah. a deal, a business deal. That sounds like a divorce down the road. <laughs> uh, well, no, he's married. Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish it up with uh you can look at and we'll we'll link your your website lifepurposeshaman.com. You can see more about Tammy and her services. People refer to her as shaman, so you know she's the real deal. Yeah. We've talked about um uh, we we talked about the family stuff. We talked about soulmate. Uh, uh, let's finish it off with with spiritual healing. Release the blockages in the, your soul, spirit, and body, and bring your frequency into balance. It kind of summarizes everything. Um, how do you help people do that? What are some low hanging fruit things that maybe people can do? Starting going back into one eighty, kind of three sixty, where we started at the beginning. Oh. How can they put these practices into place? What should they be doing? Focusing on meditation. Practice what you preach. A lot of us say, like when you go to the gym, 
right? A lot of us say, we're going to eat right. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to walk. We're going to do our 10,000 steps. We we do so many things for ourselves on, uh, in my opinion, more of a superficial health level, but we don't do a lot on the spiritual level by meditation, by self-love, self-worth. When you start practicing meditation and make that a part of your five-minute daily routine, I prefer 20 minutes, but at least five minutes, focusing on that one moment of connecting to your breath, inhaling positive and exhaling what no longer serves you, focusing on the frequency of self-love and self-worth, getting rid of what no longer serves you by getting rid of the hatred, the frustration, and really truly forgiving those who have harmed you in your life emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever they've done. And changing that frequency and start allowing yourself to see how amazing you are and start having more confidence in what you can manifest and bring forward, everything starts changing. And I see it happen all the time. So just changing that and then being aware of your chakras that are within you and opening that instead of keeping yourself closed. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, Tammy, uh, really fascinating. (laughs) It's been emotional for me. (laughs) Yes. The work you're doing is got to be so rewarding. It is so rewarding. It's it's, uh, my brother-in-law recently asked me, he said, he goes, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And he goes, are you ever going to stop working? And I said, no, never. (laughs) Exactly. Because I don't consider what I do work, you know? So I have my nonprofit and everything I do goes to my nonprofit to help kids and support the orphanages. So I would never stop No, no, this has become your your mission and you're living it and you're breathing it and you're eating it and sleeping it every day. Uh, We we mentioned your website. We've linked it in the show notes. I I know you have, um, I believe you have a book. I do. The Secret to Your Chakras, and then I the have Secret a new book coming out. Um, it's actually a series of books, and it's getting finished. It should come out hopefully by the end of summer, and I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I, I just I do a lot of things. I do public speaking. I travel the world. I help people on many different levels. But yeah, my and, main- and what about social media? Anywhere you want people to go to find you? Or you? I think it's also the same thing, Life Purpose Shaman. Just go to Life Purpose Shaman. Okay. Yeah. You can find her at Life Purpose Shaman. Yeah. Well, also on the social media, it's under Life Purpose Shaman. Same name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same name. Okay. Yeah, well, listen. Uh, thank you for having me. Of, oh, thank you for being here. Plenty of ways to connect with Tammy. Check her out, guys. If you want to learn more uh, about spiritual healing and everything else we've talked about, click the links in the show notes. Tammy, thank you so much and uh, continued you. blessings to you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.